Right, that's us, we're good. We're, we're talking, we're live. Awesome. We're not live, we're recording. Um, <laughs> all right, Sean, so my name's David Wilder. I'm a filmmaker, actor from Scotland. This is uh, Sean Vincent, who's uh, your filmmaking. I'll let you introduce yourself, you know. Uh, okay, I mean, I guess I start, I, I kind of work in, in the music business and me and you started talking a while ago now, I think around 2007, 2008, when I was just starting to make my first ever indie feature. I've never done one before, and that's kind of how me and you connected, I guess. That's what I was just saying when we were, when we were in the green room there. Yeah. <laughs> I was just saying um, when I started to do these things that were just last week that you, you connect with these people online for years, and as you just said, it's probably 2008, 2007, yeah, so. the very early days, the same as I was with Andrew. And then you realise, wait a minute, never even, we've never even... <laughs> He actually never spoke to people in video no. or whatever. It's a bit fucking odd, isn't it? You know, yeah. and I thought we've got all these tools these days to do this. Well, why don't we just talk to each other and what we do and what we, you know, and share it? And, you know, so that's, that's given me a little bit of a, a motivation for this as well, because originally these were for NFTs and stuff. So, so yeah. anyway, when we first connected, I think you bought my film, didn't you? Um, I did, we Mission back. X. Yeah. yeah. You, <laughs> I, think you, yeah. I think you'd not long finished it. And so I found you. I, I, I got a feeling it might have been MySpace. We were on MySpace. It may have been MySpace because I was on MySpace. Yeah, um, I think which... that was that might have been it because I know that we had a bit of a page for the film we were working on, and yeah, yeah, it might have been the early days. I was on Twitter too. I can't really remember it, it was ages ago. But yeah, I just I just saw that you were doing a similar journey, and you you were a bit ahead. You'd done the film before, and you'd just done your second film, Mission X. And I was yeah, for me, it was all about trying to find other people that were trying to do the same thing, and try and learn you know from them and, and I, I i got a copy of your film as well was it the, the dj i've got it here oh, shoot it? the dj yeah 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 um i remember getting a dvd um i mean back then and the, and I, I always thought for years i didn't know much i really didn't know it wasn't until well i've known for the last probably quite most of the time um about your music but at that time, I never knew really how focused you were on music. It was, I thought you were yeah. filmed and that was that, you know. Um, so, yeah, how did, sorry, so how did you, did you get started in films? Did you started music or both or, you know? Um, it was, it was music, 100%. So I, I left school at 17. I was halfway through my A-levels, but I, I knew I wanted to be a sound engineer or a producer. And I would, I it was an incredibly hard business to get into. Even then, you know, it was 89, 90, I think, when I left school and... I got very lucky. I wrote hundreds of letters and I got a few interviews, got a job at a studio. And I thought, that's it. Well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that. And 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 that's what I did do. And and I got quite lucky. My, my, my career, you know, ups and downs like everybody's. But generally, it was all going in a pretty good direction. And in 2006, me and two friends decided we were going to start our own record label. Right. Worst time in history to start one because that was when they were all going out of business because MP3s were taking over and, and Napster and you know yeah. yeah so it was kind of a terrible timing really but but we did it and the whole thing about making a film I'd made a few music videos and yeah uh, I've been involved in some sort of bigger budget ones but the ones I'd made have done myself or with friends but they they'd come out all right I and mean, they'd been used and stuff and shown on TV so I thought well you know it's not a massive jump I thought to make a film and. I managed to persuade the two guys I was running this label with that rather than spending all our money on PR, if instead we made a film and we used all our labels music in it and we were in it and it was all about all the people on the label, then that would be a really good promotional thing to do. 
and that, that was where it started. Never had any aspirations to be in film before that at all. It was literally right. a bit of a mad brainstorm. Thought we'll give this a go. And I think we thought it would take, we, we sort of tried to plan it. We thought, right, this will take about six weeks to shoot this and we'll work out how to edit it after that. And it took two and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So it was a bit of a massive learning curve. And obviously, you know, along the way, you find out all the things you think are going to be easy, which are actually a nightmare, and you know, that's but it was the, fun. Yeah, that's the that's the thing that's always. Um, <clears throat> if I could go back in the time machine, I don't know if actually I'd be interested in film, but I'm too fucking far gone now. If you know what yeah. I mean, because it does take so long, and it does, and that's always the side that I found unattractive. I always want it to be more prolific, and then in the post is always, you know, that's the kind of unattractive side about it. Um, you know the way that it, it it takes so long, you know. So and 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 that's where it comes back. I'm always been interested. I'm probably more interested in music than film, to be honest. You know, I've got this idea where I'd wish I got in the music business, and you know, because yeah. maybe I, the grass is great, always green on the other side, though. I'm sure that's got its challenges and everything yeah, yeah, else. Yeah. You know, um, especially like I mean, in the music. I know I'm jumping all over the place. I was going to stay mm. on film and go to music and come back, but we're just chatting here, so we'll, we'll jump all yeah. over the place. The music industry has obviously changed a lot, same as the film business in terms of... Yeah. That's why I'm kind of so thinking about NFTs and stuff. I don't want to get in that, because that might not be something you're interested in at all. Um, I'm not talking to everybody about them. But in terms of Spotify, the same as, like... Well, have you ever put any of your films on Amazon or anything like that, you know? Um, no, not directly. Right, we, we've right. talked about it. There's there's a few we've got the copyrights back for now, and we're thinking about doing that. But right. it, it seems like quite a lot of hard work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and it's a, it's a lot of hard work for very very little money, you know. Yeah, but that's, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I say with Spotify in terms of music and you know, on Spotify. I know bands are always going on about that. Is it really as bad as it is it is it is? Um, I mean, from, from a practical, is it difficult point of view? No, you know, the record label does all that. Or, you know, I've got a little label. I upload my own stuff and stuff of other people. Right. That process of getting it on there is very, very easy. Yeah. You still have the same problem. that No one knows it's there unless you have a big marketing campaign. So it costs a lot of money to let people know it's there. Right. And, yeah, the amount of money you make from Spotify, you know, I manage an artist who's pretty big and sells a lot of stuff. And it's it's... It's almost pointless <laughs> streaming. Right, right, right. It's kind of naught point naught 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 one p per stream, and unless yeah. you're in that top two percent of performers in the world, it's utterly pointless. It's yeah. It's it's just another marketing tool, really. But these yeah, days, yeah. the only money in music is touring, and that's well, that, harder. That's what I was going to ask. Where does the money made music? Is it merchandise too? And, and you know, merchandising's got a lot harder. I mean, everything's changed since COVID and Brexit. Touring is now really difficult but it's still just about feasible and it is really the only bit that that makes money for most artists as i right. say there is a top tiny percentage that streaming works for that's the way it works the business model of streaming is horrendous in that those top artists are just given a much bigger share of the pie regardless and it's yeah yeah you know, everybody else has to you know just put up with the fact that they're basically not ever going to make any money out of it which is it just is what it is, you know. Luckily yeah. for me, the artist I work with has uh, a certain demographic, uh, an older audience who want to buy physical products. So we sell a lot of vinyl at the moment. And that's great because that actually costs money. And, and that means we actually make money. So, yeah, 
Is that, Ke- is that Ken, Ken Wilde you're talking about? Or yeah. Other artists? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, this, obviously, he's got a ready-made fan, you know, fan base because he was huge in the 80s, you know. And, yeah. Uh, but that's a different a different setup, probably, you know. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, he still takes a lot of work and we still have to work hard with marketing yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. We, we do put in a lot of work and we've got a really good label who are very proactive. At, you know, they're brilliant. They, they pretty much get us to the point where we sell out of product before it's even out, you know. it's Right. Right. Which is great. But, you know, I think fans of, of specific music artists these days will find you and find what you've got. And, and you know, as long as you're giving them what you want, you'll be all right. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's part of that situation. But, yeah, it's it's weird that the parallels with the indie film world, are, they're similar, but there's... There's, it, there's a I difference. Guess it's gone, there's a difference. Well, I mean, I suppose it's similar. In that, you know, it like, is similar in a way, but, you know, culturally, that's different, you know, in, in several ways, you know. Yeah, um, but the DVD thing was a weird one, wasn't it? Because, you know, my first film, I got a distribution deal with Shoot the DJ, bizarrely, and it ended up in all the supermarkets, and people were actually paying money for a physical thing. Yeah. And that that finds its way back to you. But when it goes online somewhere, and people, you don't even know if they're reporting the truth about sales. You just you can't audit them. You can't find out. So, you know. Well, this is what I was hearing online with some people online actually just a few weeks ago and people were selling shares through these nfts and people were saying um this is a 50 million dollar movie you're going to get 50 percent of the ip and you're going to be and some people going oh we're going to retire on the, the returns from this movie and you want to go with that people haven't got a fucking clue i mean if you make even if you make a movie that's a million quid which is still a no budget movie it's not really going to get seen right yeah the, even if that movie made a hundred million, which they don't, you know, but if you had some crazy hit like the Blair Witch, no investors are ever going to see that money because Hollywood accountant just manages to write all that off. It disappears. It just yeah. disappears. You'll never see a fucking penny. Never mind the yeah. filmmaker. Never mind the investors. Um, yeah. So it's like uh, as, but when you're talking about the music business, I think I mean I, I I'm a avid watch or a music documentaries every time they're on tv or the bbc yeah. or i'm like i, I be, really watch film documentaries because there's not as many as well you know there's not True. as many yeah. good ones but the music ones i think it's always because music always influences in a cultural way when you and the youth you know when you're young you're always yeah. it comes into politics it comes into it can create a movement it can create a you know, it, it stays with you when you're young. You remember that time you met somebody, or you remember that time when you were good. You got these fucking clothes in the eighties. Do you know what I mean? It's a completely different uh, feel about it. You know, that's what's always been attractive to me. The music, film is a little bit. Film can do its thing as well when you're watching movies that you yeah. love, like the Cuckoo's Nest and shit. You know, but uh, music's always been. Um, you know, but um, but when I, I, I watch these shows, like, do you ever watch those BBC Top of the Pop shows? Yeah, in the 1980s and whatever. Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah. you and you think back, um, and one channel, and all these different bands and different genres of music. Yeah, you know, it is so saturated these days. You know, in terms of yeah, you know, how do you break? Like, do you ever do you ever work with new artists or new people? Uh, a little or, bit. Yeah, I'm working with some new acts at the moment, and it's so. I also one day a week teach at a university. I teach sort of 18, 19, 20 year olds all about the music business and, and right. you, you know, the whole thing really. And that's quite interesting as well, because they're all, they all want to be artists. They want to be involved. And, and it's really difficult to try and explain to them that it's, it's so, it sort of doesn't matter how good you are. It, yeah. it, it would be great yeah. if that was all that mattered. 
but it isn't. Yeah. You have to be great, but you also have to be crazy lucky. And, yeah. and now you need to work really hard, you know. And yeah, it, you know, I don't want to put the industry down, but but the the record labels are a little bit lazy sometimes, and they they don't want to do the legwork. So they will wait right. until an artist is at a point where they probably don't need a record label anymore. They could probably make more money doing it themselves. Once yeah. they get to the point where they're just about to break, then the record labels think, oh, you know, we'll work with you now. And, and that that's, you know, and it's kind of the same for films. We have to get to a certain point on our own. And that's just how it is. And it's it's a lot of work. You've got to be good. You've got to work hard. It's the same way I hear people complaining about not having agents and not having producers. Yeah. And it's the same thing, unless you've got a little bit of heat around you, and you're not going to get here around you. You've got to do it yourself, and then somebody else will yeah. take over. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, which is I can still understand that. Do you know what I mean? Why is anybody yeah, yeah. going to invest time in you if you've not invested time in it yourself? Really, you know? Yeah, um, it's like you were saying. You can't just be music. You can't. I mean, I see people in the high street, and you see people that are busking, and you go, "They're really fucking good." I mean, they've got a voice like such and such, and they play the yeah. guitar. And then you see people, oh, so and so, it could be on the bloody X Factor. He could be, you know. But then you go, it doesn't make a difference because you've got to be a package. Yeah, you've got to be a brand. You've got to be everything. You've got to be. Like, you're almost almost like fucking Prince, and it, yeah. you know, because Prince done everything. And at the same time, you need a bit of luck. You know, I think you know. Yeah, and also you need you to know. keep delivering. You know, with a film, if you've got one great idea and you can make a great film, that that will keep you going for a little while. But but if you're an artist, you, you need more than one song. You need an album's worth of songs, and yeah. then you might get a little break, and then you better deliver again. And it, everyone falls into that trap of. You have a lifetime to write your first album, but you probably have six months to write the second one. Yeah, and yeah, you know, and, yeah. And by that stage, yeah. you're really busy. You're you're touring, you're doing PR, and and the time to get in the headspace to do it is very difficult. So it's, yeah, uh, you know, I'm I'm not, I'm not saying it's not fun. It's a lot of fun, and it could work if you're one of the lucky ones. It's but it's it's a lot of work, and obviously, you know, I work in management, so. Although I do sort of engineering and production, my sort of day job is managing someone and, and working with new artists as well. And people do sort of want to jump the queue and say, you know, will you, you know, will you manage me? Will you? And it's like, yep. well, as harsh as it is, and I hate to be one of those people now, but I do have to say, when you're ready to be managed, yeah, they'll they'll be coming after you. Nice, yeah, probably yeah. me included. But yeah. Until that point, that that would involve a lot of work, which I wouldn't get paid for. I get a percentage, and you're not yeah. earning anything. Therefore, I got to put in loads of time and effort, and possibly money, and and there's there's nothing in it. So I, yeah. I could earn money doing that for someone else. So it's it's a really difficult situation. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, well, it's, it's true about that when people start coming towards you. I remember doing my first film, which I hated, and then for years I tried to get an agent, and then when I done my first movie. I had agents coming out of my ears, coming towards yeah. me. And then, but at that point, I wasn't giving a fuck about an agent, you know, because I was just in the zone I'm making this. And yeah. I go, what do I need you for? <laughs> I've got here, you know. Um, it's a weird Cash 22 thing, do you know what I mean? Both sides. Um, You've never really uh, talked about your first film. I've, I've sort of heard oh, you talk God. about it a bit. I mean, I know, I know you have, I mean, trust me, I have issues with all mine. So, but so, so was, <laughs> was it basically like an industry thing where they sort of just, made you do a lot of stuff you didn't want to do you sort of lost control of it was it that kind of thing yeah look i, I like to take responsibility for where i go wrong um over the years back then yep. i was a little bit green you know um yeah. but I'd, I'd i'd wrote a script and uh i'd, I'd just been trying to double react and i'd wrote a script and uh I, I got it to it was guy it was matthew bonnet first um guy ritchie's producer at oh, the time yeah. lock stock spoke to him on the phone 
and he liked my enthusiasm. And I went to America and I shot a little promo trailer, which was fucking terrible. But I had that I put the commitment into it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I was trying. To, I, it was almost like it was almost like the movie Lock Stock, where they try to get twenty five thousand to sell drugs, sell the guns or something. I said, I need twenty five thousand to finish the movie. Whatever the fuck. <laughs> so anyway, he passed me um, one of his financiers that financed uh, Snatch and Lock Stock, um, and Gad Paul, who was a billionaire, um, who sadly passed away. You know, um, um, and it, it went from there. I went from there. I got a sales agent and I got a distributor on board. So I get distribution on board. I get sales agent on board. But before it, which you don't usually get, usually get it afterwards. Yeah. But there was so many fucking people come on board. It was almost like if you're going to do a Hollywood movie and it's a Hollywood movie, it's like 50 million, you expect a whole team. It's a movie by committee, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. when you make a movie for, it was 350,000. Today, that's a decent budget for indie, but back then, that was yeah. a shit budget. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so there was so many voices in there um, that actually the script that I had kept on and there was so many locations between scotland early and las vegas and you know you know yourself you're a filmmaker as well you try and contain things in the one location you know oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah but it decided to go on the roadway where all the fun dialogue between the characters just get chopped away and then before you know it it just becomes a big trailer where the, oh gone crazy on and off bosses like fucking an episode of monkeys do you know what i mean and there's no yeah. dialogue there there's no with neil and i stuff there's no like john father swingers it's just yeah. a fucking stupid movie and then the and then you know and i got an attitude halfway through it because every time i you know the characters say that this or that i did a conference call in london and so it was um it was an experience that i didn't but to be honest, like three months before it, I was, I'd lived in London for 10 years and I had come back and I thought my life's fucking over, I'm coming back and I'm cleaning pots in a kitchen. Um, and then I got a call, we've got that budget for the movie, do you want to go make it, you know, after I'd been yeah. out there. So it was yeah. a no-brainer to go, yeah, yeah, you know. Of course, yeah. And I thought I'll, I'll, you know, so, but people reminded me like after it, um, that I'd made a movie in America I'd shot it on film. I got it in cinema. I got another deal for another movie, which I fucked up. Um, I should have praised myself a little bit for that because not everybody's first movie is great. Sometimes you've got to yeah. make, you know, Coppola made movies before The Godfather, Finnegan Dream, but all sorts of stuff, you know. So, but anyway, man, I'm not here talking about my fucking <laughs> shitty movie for the past, you know. <laughs> but uh, thanks for asking. But, you know, no, I, just, I just got over it 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's back to the thing. I think you've got to go away in music, film, you know, yourself. You've got to do this shit for a long time and love the process. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's a slog. You know, that first film I made was, <laughs> I mean, the amount of issues. I mean, I, I struggle to watch it. I watch it through my fingers. It's terrifying. But it's, um, I'll tell you what, I did notice a big difference early on between the music business and film business. So let's say you make an album, you put it out there, and if people don't like it, if people don't like the music you've made, yeah, they, they just sort of shrug and go, well, that's, that's not my thing. And, yeah. and they leave it there. Right. If you put out a film and someone doesn't like it, they, they go in. They, they they feel like they have to say something. And uh, they, uh, they so tell strange. you how they could have done it better. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, you know. Oh, yeah, everyone's got an opinion. Whereas people don't really do that with music. It's not a thing. They just, right. just recognise it's not what they like and they just yeah. go and listen to something else. Whereas maybe it's because people are buying a product like a DVD or something. But but yeah, we got quite a lot of stick. And I was like really surprised. I've never, never really had that in music. If people don't like it, they just listen to something else. Whereas with film, people feel the yeah. need to 
vocalise what they don't like. And it was, yeah, that was strange getting my head around that. I think it really personal. I, I mean, I, I don't get it a lot. And it, the reason I don't get it a lot is not because my films are good, it's because they're just not fucking out there. <laughs> There's not enough eyeballs. But you get some people who come on really personal and they'll come into things yeah. and you go, just chill the fuck out. You didn't even buy it, you didn't pay for it. And you get such a venomous opinion about something. Yeah. You know, and do you know what? I'm very much the subjective thing. You know, you can make a movie for $50 million and it could be a big steaming pile of shit. Oh, yeah. But somebody could love that steaming pile of shit. And then yeah. you can make an art movie that nobody likes or vice versa. It's all very much... That's that's the one zone that I don't go to where, you know, they do these test screenings in America um, yeah. if you make a movie, which I can understand if you're spending $200 million, they need to find out the demographic because it's a yeah. huge business. But if you make your, parent, your own movie... I've had filmmakers in the past they've done test screening. I don't give a fuck about test screening. It's like if I if I'm happy with it, then somebody else is going to be happy with it somewhere. Yeah. I would rather get the one person out of hundreds than have yeah, many yeah. people that like it and trying to find that formula, you know, because Definitely. it's it's a bit arrogant to say that I know what you're gonna like and I'm gonna make what you like. I don't think yeah. I think you unless somebody's giving two hundred million dollars to say I'm making Batman, you know, then you're stuck into a, what's already been done and it's yeah. coming for the comic, you know. But uh, it's very, you know, and I, th I think, uh, I mean, I'm the same with music. I, I love, also, I, I'm, I listen to the bloody Sex Pistols to fucking Sinatra. It's the most cheesiest shit, you know. The only yeah, areas sure. that, you know, like every level of music I like, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And, uh, and I've heard some people say, why do you like that, this or that? I don't, I don't, I don't analyse everything. Do you know, if I like someone, I like it, you know, it's like, yeah. um, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the same with movies, I think, as well. I think there's, you know, I quite often watch a movie and think, you know, it's had a load of bad... Like, I just watched the new Matrix movie a couple of weeks right. ago. It's had some shocking reviews, and I can sort of... I can see see why people are a little bit disappointed, but oh, I still enjoyed it. I yeah. thought it was all right, you know. I get it. I get where people are coming from, but I, I can still enjoy a film that, that other people find lots of problems with. I, I still I still think it's a, it's a worthy piece of art, whether it's good in everyone's eyes or not is is, is something else yeah 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 you know I, I like lots of films which are probably considered terrible but i don't that doesn't stop me enjoying them yeah yeah i'm the same i can i can actually like filmmakers that i don't actually see a lot of the films but I, I like the spirit of the filmmaker yeah. but i'm not you know and there's a lot of the films that i don't like but i just like if somebody that goes off in a different way whether it's a european filmmaker or, or even a fucking crazy like people go what you like john waters or you like so and so well i like somebody that maybe goes against the corporate system or yeah or i like somebody that, that will just make a, a movie like fucking speed where you just want to completely switch off do you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. um which i don't think you make enough of these movies today like speed you know yeah. back back in the 90s if you made like 40 million dollar movies and they were just pure popcorn roller coasters but the yeah. superhero movies have killed all, the, all those movies do you know what i mean oh, massively missing that whole chunk of of that middle range of like yeah yeah those, those were my favorite kinds of movies i can't i'm not really into the marvel big blockbuster stuff some of it i don't mind but it, for me I, it was that that lower level where where all the interesting stuff was and it was that's gone yeah yeah i mean we know that streaming's replaced a lot of stuff in the series in there that are great you know yeah. um but do you ever get any involving music and film in any way you know any artists that you're you know like sounds scores and you know you, um, how does that how does that work you know like music 
Well, as in like music for film or, or, or the other way? Yeah, around, and, well, in terms of how does it work with, you know, if you get any artists that do deals with films and how, do, how does that work out and stuff, you know? Um, yeah, every now and again, we, we license um, tracks to TV shows or, and sometimes right. films or computer games or whatever. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's crazy, really. I mean, knowing about it from that side puts me off using commercial tracks in any film I ever make because it's just so expensive. It's yeah, off, it's yeah, crazy expensive. Yeah. But yeah, you know, obviously, it's sort of my my job to take advantage of that when 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 those opportunities come along. But it's yeah, it, it's crazy. But yeah, you know, I, one of one of the people yeah. I work with on on making the films, he uh, well, luckily for me, he's a he's a film composer. That's that's what he does. So you know, for the last sort of three films I've done, he's done the music. He's helped me. You know, he's actually got involved. He'll be holding a camera or a mic on. You know, when we're filming, he's actually fully involved. <clears throat> and what he gets out of the out the deal really is that when we're done, he then writes and records the music for it. And that's that's right. you know, that's just what he loves doing. So that's that's awesome for me because I get a professional score and it and it's just part of the whole package. So. So that's amazing, but yeah, music uh, for film is a is a big, expensive, difficult right. thing, and obviously it's so important. It's major importance. I always think like, that's one of the things. I don't know many composers I've had over the years, and they always get so. <laughs> I get composers that you, they offer their services, but they always get so personally fucking angry when you turn them down. You know. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that music is 50%? Well, I know it's 50%, but I just don't want your 50%. <laughs> I'm not nothing yeah. I'm not in the same zone. You go, oh, fucking, you know, but that's a good, what I was, I, shit, I don't want to go back to my first movie there, but one of the big problems I had with my film was I get really pissed off. I put all these tracks in with fucking Rolling Stones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you have to take them off and you're like, oh, no. It's, it's only, the, the producer says, it's only came with 4.5 million, David. You know, and I went, Ooh. okay, you know. Yeah. And I remember going to Soho and getting a composer and I, I, mm-hmm. I hated the whole bloody thing. And that was partly the reason that the film was destroyed for me because I had such a music head yeah. with the film as well, you know, which is so disappointing, you know. Yeah, it's fatal using like tracks you really like on a temp basis. And then you've got to take it back out again, you know. Yeah, and you're, you're never going to feel happy. I mean, yeah, yeah, so you know, that. you know, yeah. Yeah, that's difficult. When I didn't have that with the first film because the whole point was to use all our music from the label. So I had, right. at the time we had like three or four albums that we owned. So it was just pick the track. And if we didn't have one, we'd quickly write one. So that, right. was, that was kind of cool. But it's a right mishmash, that that soundtrack. It kind of worked. And we did yeah. actually put it yeah. out as, a, as an album, the soundtrack, just because it was it was just interesting at the time. But obviously no one really bought it. <laughs> but it was, it was fun to do it. Well, that's why you ask. Um, sorry, on you go. No, no, go on. That's why yeah, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels became a hat. It wasn't because the movie. Nobody wanted the movie. They weren't interested in it. Yeah. It, was, it was. I think it was Polygram that owned the rights to certain music or whatever, and then they put all these tracks in it, and that was when bang, they get a deal and it took off. And then Vinnie Jones got a bit in ten o'clock news, but it was because of him. But that music, that film was very loaded with cool tracks, you know, music, you know. Yeah, oh, it was and, great soundtrack. Yeah. That, I mean, that was as well, that film, I love that film. And, and I'd watched, when I was making my first film, I watched, must have watched the making of Lockstock so many times because I was just trying to get that spirit and that kind of, because obviously it was like 900,000 or something, wasn't it, Lockstock? It was, yeah, it was yeah, just pretty, under a million, yeah, yeah. Pretty small for the time, especially yeah. considering what they were doing. So I was trying to find that kind of, that energy. And, you know, I think you can see it in my first film, we were copying quite severely, you know, a lot of that stuff. and. <laughs> 
and it's you know it's incredibly hard and 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 I guess you found out too that when you're working with a tiny crew, you know, there was like three of us. Everything takes long, and it's like yeah. no matter how well you plan your day, you, you know, it doesn't matter. It's, it, it's still it's always, you're always pushing something to the next day and the next the day. Fucking the next clock day. just goes like that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it if just... you're working with daylight or whatever, it's, it's you know, it's it's a bit of a nightmare. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, and that's why the second film I made, the horror film called The Addictive, we decided to shoot almost all of it in this building we'd hired and yeah. we thought well, we'll only shoot at night and i can't remember what time of year it was it was like november or something so it was dark from like five until sort of the same time in the morning so we shot all night every night never had to worry about any of that and then we slept all day and we did that for like i think two and a half three weeks right. which was weird but it meant we never had to worry yeah. about you know what time of day it was it was just dark the whole time. yeah so that was that's that's so that, that way. Was that the film where is it Steve was it Stephen Berkoff was on a film that you'd done? No, that was the one after. So that was right, is that, the, is that another one? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we did that. That was 2013. We did seven cases. And that was kind of what you were saying earlier. It was me and John, the guy that I make the films with. We we were sort of brainstorming. We worked together in music and we were on tour in the States and just thinking, right, how are we gonna make another film? For as little money as possible, but but make it cool. And we're like, right, well, we need to do this whole one location thing. So, yeah, like, right, let's shoot the whole film in the back of a car. The whole thing is set in the car, and it didn't quite pan out because we're like, that I just couldn't get a whole story into that. So basically, they spent three quarters of the film in the back of the car, and then there was like seven locations where they were right. for a brief amount of time. But yeah, we thought, right, we'll do this little gangster film. Uh, just me and him, we shrunk the crew even because the, the horror film I did, it got a bit bigger. Everything hired more people. All of a sudden, there was loads of people. We had a full on thing. We had to do catering for everyone. It, it got it got big. It just and then, yeah, yeah. It sort of spiraled a bit. So the next one, we're like, right, no, we're just we're just two actors and me and my mate John making the film, and we'll just keep it there. So it it sort of was a bit easier. It was still tricky, but we we just you know we the schedule was better. We we plowed through it. Uh, and yeah, we had this idea. We thought, look, because we're keeping everything very small, we could spend some money on getting a name in, and maybe that will mean we can, you know, we can sell it. Well, that's important. You got the Cannes Film Festival as well to the sales yeah. agents, and you know, um... exactly. And we were doing that every year at that point. We were going to Cannes yeah. every year, so obviously, you get different advice off everybody at Cannes. Like every every sales agent <laughs> you talk to tells you something completely different, so you don't know where you are. And we had a film idea stolen off us while we were there. We pitched a film. We had everything. We had. <laughs> And within three or four months of coming home, that company we pitched to were making it with the same title, same story. And I was like, "Wow!" I, rem okay. I remember when I was in Cannes, and I'm sitting—I know I'm, I'm sitting in Cannes, and you know it's a, <clears throat> it's a fucking place. It's like it's like buying and selling, you know, burgers and, and fruit yeah. and market stalls. It's a it's a buying and sellers marketplace, you know. But I remember sitting at the you know with the, my sales agent, and uh, there was a few other guys and. Vic says to me, he says, oh, David, you can pitch a movie here in five minutes. And so I didn't know, I was drunk in my head and I come up with a movie idea and a fucking napkin, the usual thing you do. And there was a few guys over, he says, go and pitch to those guys. I pitched to those guys. And he went, we love it. You've got half of the money. You can come with the other half. And it was the worst fucking, I can't even, it was so bad, I can't even remember it. But that's how, you know, and I gave him the idea, the poster. They're only, they're yeah, only yeah. really interested in the poster and the tagline. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was actually admitted that to me. They said, it's all about the artwork. Don't yeah, the films. they didn't, you know, and then says, yeah. we can we attach to it? And that was in the space of 45 minutes. And it was yeah. like, 
but I still had to get 400,000 to match the 400,000 they were going to get. <laughs> I mean, that's the way fucking movies are made. It's just yeah. insane. Do you know what I mean? It's really um, funny because we went, we properly did Cannes. The first time we went there with my first film, we thought, right, this this is obviously, and, and to be fair, we did have a contact. A good friend of mine is a Hollywood producer and they don't, never give me any leg ups, but but a lot of good advice and, that first year we were in CAD basically set us up with a bunch of invites to, to parties where people with money would be. Yeah. And, and honestly, it was we sort of went there with a bit of a mission, right? We're, we, we're totally agreeing with this. We don't know what we're doing, but we're going to go in there as if we're the, the best, biggest new thing, and we're going to get the money for our next film. And it was hilarious because we very nearly pulled it off. People, yeah. people buy into the bullshit if you're convincing yeah. enough and you're in the right place and you look right. It was staggering. But we also had people pitching to us. Someone was was trying to raise, it was insane. It was like 190 million. And they were pitching it to us. And I'm like, do I look like I've got 190 million? <laughs> I know. It's a very it is a very evangelical sort of atmosphere where people get caught up with things and oh, yeah. and, and shit can happen. Because I was there, I went there with my first movie. In fact, I told the other night I was telling Andrew. And uh, I go there with my shiny poster, my Hollywood light cartoon poster and i remember i had made a little bit of the film on digital um, yeah. and i met um a guy called uh, peter broderick who runs next wave films at the time uh, they were american they, pro they provided the post-production money if you could make the movie sure that they provided the post-production so he wanted to meet me and i had a channel four crew with me they were filming for this tv documentary that i get rid of them because they were annoying me so much which is they couldn't believe I wanted to get rid of them, but anyway, so he was there, and then uh, and uh, I remember I, I told this other night, but I remember seeing a poster, and I went, "That looks fucking shit," and it was Christopher Nolan's first movie following no that way. he was representing, and then, yeah. but I, I've went through times like when I was in Canada that period and saw things, you know, um, that you see where people have become huge. I was hanging about with Neil Marshall, yeah. um, who done Dog Soldiers. In fact, I'm getting him on the podcast in a few months. Um, I love that done, film. What a cool uh, he film. done dogs. Well, I was there with him for a weekend and I was really depressed because that was when I, I'd finished my movie and it was shown at Cannes and I was going to walk into the fucking sea, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he was he was getting his movie. It was the same producer that he had in his movie as my movie, so that's how we were, oh, okay. you know, at the time. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's an it's an experience. I think it's I think if anybody wants to make I know that the world has changed today, the climate of movie making. Yeah. But I think if anybody wants to make a movie, I think they should go to a place like that and see how movies are bought and sold. You know. Yeah. It's an experience. I think we went every year for about four or five years or something, and, and it was, I mean, it was weird. It, in the end, I kind of had to stop going because I thought this is this is not real. This, yeah, this is a weird thing. I don't I don't know if it's helping. I'm the same. I stopped after you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you can yeah. find up. I mean, one we went with the horror film. We had a backer for that who had paid for PR. So there was a weird moment where I was sat in Cannes being interviewed by film magazines and like I think Orange telephone at the time we're interviewing us and it was really strange it was like wow this this is this is this is kind of what it's like and then and there was this all this sort of um we got in total film and i think empire and there was a competition in one of the big film magazines to design the artwork and stuff and, and it all got sort of it was building and building and then and then it just stopped <laughs> it was, it was right. really strange because going to the next thing you know yeah yeah, um, yeah. it was it was the same my movie i was in the big breakfast i mean just before it fucking ended that's um, mad, isn't it? And they had to drag me on there because I was with my mother and I was embarrassed to go on because it turned into a fucking gimmick. 
Because yeah, yeah. they used an angle that my mother helped to make the movie with me. And it's, that was the fucking oh, angle. Okay. You know, you've got to get an angle. Yeah. And then she dragged me there. And I'm on the big breakfast. But then, was it, who was that? What was it, Stock Eating and Waterman? Is it Sonia or something? They love her puddling. Singer. Oh, yeah, Sonia. Yeah, yeah. Aye, she's a look, look. Sonia's got to humiliate herself. She's got to pop out a fucking box, you know, and do it. And I went, all yeah, right, yeah. okay, I'll go in the back. You know, I was I was behind the scenes. It was like, but when you think back, some of the fucking crazy shit, you know, it's like, but it's kind of, it's kind of fun thinking back, you know. But um, yeah, I kind of lost my passion for the film, the filmmaking for so many years. But I never made a film for eight years after that. Do you know what I mean? No, I mean, it's um, been a while for me now. My last one, I did one in 2017, <laughs> which was a very different film. Hardly anyone's seen it. I finished it. I was really pleased with it. You were, was that a, you were doing one as a series, sorry. Was that a series you were trying to... Um... It was after that. So I did a small, right. short science fiction series. And then the same actress that was in that, I wrote this feature script for. And it was kind of a weird little experiment. So... I, it, was, it was basically a film about a female soldier with PTSD and I wanted the whole thing to be set in one flat and to be very claustrophobic. And, and we, yeah. we shot the whole thing in a week. It was like a full-time shoot though for a week and it was almost shot in real time. Yeah. And but I'd only scripted bits of it. So there was like these therapy sessions where her and a therapist and they were scripted, but everything else, I was just like, like just, just imagine you're, you're going slowly mad, just do whatever you would do. And I'll just film everything. And, yeah. and that was, that was kind of what I did. And I, and it was very, you know, there was hardly anyone in it. And I put it together pretty quickly and I didn't do much with it, but I, I put it out to a bunch of festivals. Never really done festivals before. I just thought this is probably the thing they'll like. And it did really well. It did. It, it won something at a, I can't remember the name of the festival now, down in Brighton. Right. Yeah, it, it kind of, it did really well. But then I was like, it's not <coughs> the kind of thing. It's, it's so dark. I just can't see people wanting to, you know, I think that's a good thing as well. But you know, if you, I, I, so many times I might make something that I don't really care who sees it. I just want to make it. But Ooh. if you make it cheap and efficiently, and you've got your day job that you can, you're not relying on that selling. You know, yeah. Um, then I think that's good to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what filmmaking really is about as well. Do you know what I mean? Um, 100%. You know, and I think since then we've been talking about what we're going to do next and. It's just there's just nothing's nothing's. I think it probably would have happened before now if it hadn't been for the pandemic. I think I would have probably started on another one. There's there's a vague plan that next year we might do another one. We've got two scripts basically. I like them both. I can't decide which one I want to do. It, it, it's just gonna wait and see kind of thing. But I think there's a very good chance I'll probably write write something else. <laughs> you know, I so, don't know. So what keeps your what keeps your interest in that when you're so involved in music? What keeps your fire about film as well? Is what, what is the, the, um, the um... well? It's interesting. So music, I I it's it's been my day job obviously for like thirty yeah. years now. So yeah, and my my passion for it goes goes up and down, you know. And and definitely when I started in the film thing, it was because I'd kind of lost a bit of interest in the music. That's right. why I drifted right. towards the film stuff. And then the music thing came back in a big way. And I think the last couple of years of doing not much has kind of meant that, you know, the music is, is suddenly exciting again. Mm-hmm. But also it was it was always a case of really that I, I as a kid, I desperately wanted to know how albums were made, how music got made, how, how it got recorded and mixed. That was fascinating to me. And 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 I love doing it now. And but I don't feel I'm really learning new stuff. That that doesn't right. take the edge off it, really. I still love it, but yeah, 
you know, I don't want to say I know it or I don't, but you know, I, I don't feel it's, it's a new thing that I'm learning all the time. It just feels like I'm doing the same stuff. I still right. like doing it. Yeah. But with film, it very much felt like I didn't really know much. And every day I was learning stuff. And every time I shot a film, I would get better at it technically yeah. as well as artistically. Yeah. My scripts yeah. got better. My shooting got better. You know, choice of lenses got better, learning how to light and all that stuff. It was a slow but steady learning process. And I like learning new stuff. And and especially when the end result is is like a piece of art, then that to me is kind of like that's that's the best thing to do. And yeah. And I think the experience of making that first film, I don't think I've ever had more fun. That was the most fun. Absolute nightmare, really hard, stressful, difficult, long days, long nights, you know, lots of tearing hair out. But when I look back, I don't think I've ever laughed as much. And I don't think I've ever enjoyed a process more. So it's... it's Uh, Yeah, if you're you're not laughing on a film set, even if you're killing people everywhere, then there's something wrong, you know. you've, You've got to get the fun out of it because it is hard. You know exactly um, it's long and it's hard i mean the horror film we made was you know i think i said it was like lots of long nights and, and everyone was exhausted and and you know it's funny johnny the guy that, that was helping me make it it was he, he doesn't really like watching horror films that's not his thing at all he doesn't like him so but he was coming up with some of the most sickly scary ideas you know and and obviously when you're when you're filming it, it it's just hilarious yeah yeah you're trying yeah. not to laugh all the time because yeah, you're so, yeah. so sick but then, yeah. you know, obviously you want it to be serious when people watch it. It's, it's a strange thing. I don't think people realise that. Well, when you get, when there's any posts with the atmosphere and all that and the atmospherics, that's when yeah. the scary shit comes in, as you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's that's what I was, and you probably learned so much, because you used to, I used to see your, you get some YouTube videos and you would always share new stuff about new cameras and lenses and stuff, and yeah. I remember you sent me a thing with a drone once, when drones were early days. Yeah, we were into that very early, yeah. yeah I've always been yeah. really interested in the technical side of it, I always try and keep up to date with that, and there was a period where I was sort of blogging a lot about camera stuff, and and I had a lot of camera companies endorsing stuff. And, and that's where the series we did came from. And I had a bunch of companies giving me free stuff. I'm like, well, I better do something with it. So that we thought, well, we'll make a series with all this free stuff. But um, I did take a step back from that just because it it started to get to the point where I'm like, I felt like I, I didn't want, I didn't basically want people to give me free stuff in order for me to say nice stuff about it. So I just kind of yeah, stepped, yeah. stepped away and thought, you know, I'm, I can buy I get, what I, like, I get I that. There's always a kind of trade-off with things, whether you're, yeah. you know, um, and a series is difficult because I've done this series. A series is difficult um, for many reasons. That's, you know, it can go on and go on and then you realise that you're, it's it's more commitment than a feature because you can make a feature yeah. like 90 minutes long. If you make a series, three episodes of 30 minutes, it can be just a feature. A feature yeah. can be more cinematic. Series is a lot of talking over tables can be, you know, yeah, and then and it can go on for a long time. You know, there's there's good sides and there's bad sides to serials and features. I've come back to the zone of light features again. You know, yeah, um, you know. I think I would consider doing another sort of series. I mean, it, it, we, I didn't, I, I I could see the pitfalls and like if I don't film it all close together, yeah, I can't afford to pay actors and actresses to keep the same hair and not put on weight or not lose weight. So I'm like, right, we'll do this. And we we hired a little house up on the coast in. Uh, the north Norfolk coast. Everyone lived in the house for the week while we were filming, and we shot the whole thing in that week. And it was only mm. four ten-minute episodes, so we weren't right. overstretched. It was like let's make four good ten minutes, 
and that'll be that. And that's all yeah. we did. But it was it was it was a lot of fun and it was it was a little bit more technical than, than what we'd done before. We we shot it all in 4K with, with a couple of different cameras and there was there was sort of a little bit of CGI in it and stuff. So it, it was a little bit more complicated than what we'd done. But it was yeah, it was achievable. But we did talk about doing more episodes, you know, the right. following year, but it was like difficult you know those people have got older and changed what they look like and and you know what it's, do you do in <laughs> so many ways because if you get an actor that you, you you have them in so many episodes and then you fall out with them or they become a pain in the ass and mm-hmm. that's why i can't that's why i cast myself in the cream thing i didn't really yep. want to go back into acting and i thought i can rely always, on me yeah you're always going to be available you're there. Going to be there. <laughs> this is it you know people have asked me that you know why did you put yourself in your first film I'm like who else is going to show up yeah you know and, and then, put in the work and the only, the only other person I knew was the fucking mad Irishman I've got beside me in it, who was yeah. always from the very start, always there. Couldn't get rid of him, you know. <laughs> he was no, he was so no one of those people that it's almost like in a band, you know, that they're always yeah, going to yeah. be there. You, know? you need a close little um, team when you're doing this stuff. Exactly, exactly. You, you know, need someone you can rely on, and yeah, you know, it's you know. very difficult. You know, you might find an actor or actress who's very keen to do a bunch of stuff, but sooner or later they'll get an offer and they'll be gone and. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you're in a hole, yeah. you know. So it's yeah. It happens most of the time, you know. Yeah. Um, so, what's your future ambitions with this other film? Have you ever got ambition to do like a, I mean, the genre that you're into, any like an action movie or something, or a bit or something, you know? Um, well, the two scripts I've got, which are kind of ready <clears> to go. One of which we're sort of trying to raise some money for at the moment is science fiction. It's sort of set now. It's not. It's not going to be crazy expensive to film. Yeah. Well, probably to do it properly, I would need to raise more than what I have in the past. So we're yeah, we're just looking, talking to people at the moment about that. But it's you know, it's a slow burn, I guess, to raise the money. And then yeah, so how how would you raise money? I, I've never seen you do like any crowdfunding or anything like that. How is it your own money or um, investors? I, I always approach <clears throat> approach people. Yeah, so I don't. Yeah, I did actually do um, I did a Kickstarter years ago, and, and it did right. all right, but it's it's such a lot of legwork. And, yeah, you know, you've yeah. Done it. it's, it's such yeah, a lot of yeah. work. Sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. The first film we had a small part of that. Um, people just sent us, I think we just set up like a PayPal button on MySpace and we had people yeah. contributing money and stuff. But now, since then, I've, I've basically, you know, you, you approach people. My, my take on it is I don't want to take someone's last 10 grand, but if they've got a shit ton of money and they won't miss it, if exactly, exactly, shape and I lose their money, yeah. I don't want them coming after me. Well, that, so it needs to be people that have got plenty of money that, that want to do it for the fun to be involved, you know. And you you give them like the perks of like you can you can come and be in it, you can come to camp. Yeah, yeah. You give them something yeah. they can't buy with their money, and that's that's it. That's basically it. Find, find people who just want to do it for the fun of it. That's the thing I've always found over the last few years. I can never. I've, I've done some Kickstarter things, but you know what? I never really done well them because I could never. I had successful one when I went to America and made the horror movie, yeah. Oak and Nicky, but I could never really put my heart and soul into them because I just didn't like them. And that kind of came across. I was always half-assed with them, if you know Very what I mean. hard, isn't it? To, to, I just, you're I just not didn't a salesman, feel... you're a filmmaker. Yeah. Um, so I, I, probably could, like I probably could put the snake jacket and I probably could be over the top and sell, but I just didn't feel good. Yeah, about it in the same way that, and and even look, even I've had investors coming towards me over the years and saying, you know, about twenty five thousand or fifty thousand, and I actually couldn't take the money because I actually know that it's hard for them to make the money back. 
yeah. because it was people that were hoping to make money that could have just burn off the money. Like, for, guys, yeah, my first yeah, movie yeah, were, yeah. Was, were really rich, you know. Um, but um, so I, that's that's the zone. It's always kind of strange. Like you said, you need to find somebody that can just let the money go and they can have some fun. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly you know, that. Um, I think. You know. I mean, it also takes the pressure off you as a filmmaker. You, you yeah. don't want to be stressing about it. You know, I've always, you know, at the moment we've got like a pack that we're, we're sort of sending out to people and it's the script and it's a little thing about how we're going to do it, what it's going to cost, what they get in return. And I'm always honest and say, kiss your money goodbye. It's unlikely yeah. this will go into profit. Yeah. But it will be awesome fun. At the end of the day, we'll, we'll be able to sit there, watch it in a cinema, know that we've yeah. been part of this thing. And there's always a chance, you know. And yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's why people do it. But, you know, I think promising anything other than that, is, is yeah is yeah. probably not very legit so so i just never do it yeah yeah that's what so that's what i was going to ask you about um <laughs> I, I get so much flag you know but i don't care because i like experiment with things yeah it's like going about these fucking nfts right yeah yeah, yeah. i've <laughs> you looked know, into the nft have, have you what, what is your experience where i've got my views which because i know with the music business as well there's some people using it in the music yeah, business yeah. have you so explored that in any way shape or form in music Yes, you know. a little bit. Yeah, we're looking <clears> at, at some NFT stuff at the moment. Uh, I think our sort of analysis of it at the moment is that in order for, to get people to to invest and not feel like you're basically taking money off people for, for, for a vague promise that they might make some money some point in the future, mm-hmm. what we're looking at doing is making it work with a charity so that Right. Even if nothing ever happens, they feel like their money went somewhere and did some good. And yeah. as well as that, they get they get some ownership of NFT stuff. So it's yeah, yeah. We're, we're trying to find a way to, to make that work because that that's my only yeah concern yeah. with it really is I don't want it to look like a money grab. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, that look the the, 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 the whole NFT space at the moment is went fucking insane. I yeah. mean, it's a money grab for ninety-five percent of the people out there. Yeah, of course. Because yeah. when the board date club came up, and then everybody tries to replicate the same shit, yeah. And then people see a lot of money being made, and then they think, "Oh, there's money being made." I don't really understand this. So that looks like the same as that. I'll throw money at that, and then they're buying into nothing, you know. Yeah. Um, because I've said before, the way I see it in five to ten years' time, I know crypto is going down like that, but it will come back yeah. up. And um, the way I see it in a few years' time, whether you're a band, a filmmaker, a business. The people will just go to the website and instead of buying this, still buy. If you go to the NFT version where there's only a limited amount of copies, where you get utility, yeah. you can get other things connected with it. Um, like even I've, I've seen some people that are doing courses, you know, that they do film courses and they do music courses. They actually sell the course. Somebody buys a course for four hundred as an NFT. Person watches the course, uses the course, and sells it on. You know, because it's limited. You know, so they actually make they actually make money on the course, or yeah. they make their money back, and they pass it on to the next person because it's a limited course. So yeah. there's areas that, besides the hype about the NFTs, there's areas in the blockchain that I just see that as being the norm in the next five years, seven yeah, years think, onwards. Do I you know what I mean? Possibly, I think its biggest issue at the moment is that it's <clears> got to the level of people have heard of it, and it that you know a bit like crypto. Once everyone had heard of it. Yeah, you kind of missed the boat at that point because you know all the big trades kind of happen. But, but that's it. Yeah, I think yeah. the biggest problem with NFT is people have heard of it and they still don't get it. It, it takes it's going to take a while for people to understand what what they can do with it. Yeah, yeah, and the, and the reason they don't get it as well because we've been so used to the internet for twenty years, where the internet represents everything that we can copy and we yeah. can replicate. 
the blockchain is a different thing. It's it's a ledger with contracts that kind of be copied. People think you're just copying the art. The, the artwork's really got nothing to do with it. It's right. to do with the contract, you know. Yeah, so I think there's so many ways it's going to evolve in the years ahead, which I still get excited. No, but I'm, hey, people say, no, NFTs are burning down. That's great because we need to rid of this shit. It's almost like the early days of the internet when everybody was saying, yeah. put money in a website because you're going to make millions. And all those websites and businesses disappeared. But the internet just grew, yeah, you know. Um, so the the blockchain has still got a future. That's the way I see it. But I was just interested because I've seen quite a few music people getting into NFTs, and there's a few filmmaking people. Julie Pacino, she yeah. just funded a movie with NFTs. Um, so it's it's an area that I think, as, you know, as a creative, you explore areas and see if it can work for you. Yeah, if it doesn't work yeah. for you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think um, there's there's a couple of record labels now which are which are basically funded completely by NFTs, and it's. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely going to become a thing. Whether it stays a thing, who, who knows? But it's, yeah, it's possible. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So before we go, I don't want to hold you much longer. Um, Sean, I'm glad to keep these to about one hour anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what was I going to say was that? Uh, yeah, I've always, um, I've always been a my obsession. Is, in fact, my obsession, my my dream one day is to make it big in NFT so I can make an eighties fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'd love to make an eighties movie. It's always so expensive though, isn't it, to do it. Period piece, it's the music, yeah. isn't it? You know, it's course, the music yeah. as well. You know, yeah. um, to to do to do a, a movie set in the eighties with all the music and the time of the eighties, um, because there was so many times. The eighties was such a weird time where I think the world today is so real. Everybody sees everything so real. Where there was such an escapism for the early eighties onwards. Yeah. You know, there was a kind of fantasy. Even though Britain was falling apart, there was people weren't yeah. caring. They were fucking dressing up. You know, I mean, it was, it was like. Awesome time, yeah, I think we're yeah. very lucky people our age. We did live in a bit of a golden age. I know it's easy to you know glorify yeah. the past and all the rest of it, but it was an awesome time. And I think kids know that now. You know, my kids are in their sort of early twenties, and they're very into the eighties. And it's it's just it is a, a a cool era. You know, whatever way you look at it, I, I, well, I we, feel lucky to have look- been part of it. Aye, when you look at music videos in YouTube for the 80s, you see all these young people saying, I love this track, I love this music, I love this time, yeah. do you know what I mean? But that's the last thing I was going to ask you, because you do the We Came Wild, and you've done it with some other artists as well, haven't you, you for the 80s? Yeah, I've worked with loads of different artists, but yeah, I've worked with a lot of different 80s artists, yeah, over the years. Yeah, yeah. so do those those 80s, is that, some 80s tours, do they do really well? Were they really, what are they like to work on? Uh, yeah, I mean, weirdly, I think it was one of those things. I think they all started in the early 2000s, sort of 2002-ish, right. around that time. The first sort of 80s tours started. Yeah, and yeah. I think everyone thought, well, this this will run for a little while and this will be interesting. Yeah. And they're still yeah. going. You know, just, still going. Never, yeah. just never went away. I mean, we, we yeah. sort of get involved. We do the odd 80s festival. Uh, yeah. But now we tour on our own right. We don't tour with, with other bands. I think some do still, but but no, yeah, we do our yeah. own tours and yeah, and we do we do a lot of big eighties festivals and there's 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 some big companies doing that now in the UK. We, there's one yeah. company in particular we we do a lot of their shows. I think they have thirteen or fourteen festivals which they own and they're you know they're branded in a very eighties way and they have all the best eighties acts play and like fifteen twenty thousand people show up. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's it's yeah, massively yeah. popular. I mean, yeah. thank God, you know, it's keeping us all going. But it's Keep uh, going. yeah. It's it's the same all over the world. You know, we're we're off to the states next year, and you know, it just it it's still going. It doesn't appear to be going anywhere. And it it you know, I think everyone thought maybe we might get ten years out of this, and and that hasn't been the yeah. case. Which is no, yeah. that's that's good, man. That's probably you know keeps yeah. keeps things going. You know, hundred percent. 
Anyway, Sean, I'm going to wrap this up. It's been great. I could talk for bloody hours because there's yeah, so man. many fucking things to talk about. But you know, I've got to try to keep these for an hour. Maybe yeah, yeah. catch up another time. You know. Well, one day we'll um, have to catch up for a bit. <laughs> absolutely. You know. And um, where is it? You're where is it? You're based, and you. I know you're down south, but is it? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, half, I'm just north of London, like 20 minutes north right. of London. Yeah. Right. No, uh, definitely. I've done there. Need to catch up for a beer sometime. Absolutely. Um, but that's like I was just saying. It's so weird. You connect with people for years, and know, you've weird, supported some of my stuff in the past, which I'm really grateful for. And then you go, I've not even spoke to this person, or that person. It's fucking yeah. so. Uh, it's good to chat, Definitely. you know. Well, you, you're, you're, you know what? I, I admire you because you you just keep going. You, you don't give up. You're, you're very passionate, and that that's that's infectious. I think it's a, I think it's a bit sad as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think people I had, can say that about all of us, but it's... I think I had an interview with Billy Bob Thornton once and uh, he was getting nowhere and he says, why did you keep going? And he was just saying that I kept... There was no, there was no fucking door to go back the way. No, I'm, no. I'm at that age now where there is no way back. This is yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? But um, I think you've got to see... You've got to see a way through that you can maybe make this as a living one day, you know. Um, but the other even, thing I think you know, to keep in mind, which I, I always try to do, is that so often I... I you know, you was looking forward to what, what you want to do, what's coming in the future, where you're going towards. But I think the best thing to remember with all of this stuff is probably the best bit, the exciting bit, is the journey that you're on right now. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Uh, it's, the, it's, the, it's the, to me, I like the, you know, this is a technical person as well. It's the process of things yeah. and the journey. You go enjoy that. There's never really a destination that where am I really trying to get to? It's like, you know, roughly yeah. where you're going. But you've got to enjoy the moment and the process of things. Do you know what I mean? Um, that's yeah. that's what keeps me going. You know. Anyway, so um, um, is there any? Uh, I've always said that you know uh, your stuff. You know, and you travel with the band and that. There's so many yeah. interesting, so many interesting things. And I know you don't share a lot in social. I'd love to see you sharing a lot more. Because I look at some yeah. people, and there's so many people go, I don't need to see your stuff. There's some people go, I want to see his stuff. Yeah. Why, why do you not share as much in social? Is is it because? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I sort of fell out of love a little bit with social media. I get, well, I get of, it. I get it as well. I get yeah, it as well. I did. Know, I did know. sort of. Yeah, I sort of rationalised my followers on Instagram down to sort of close friends and people I've yeah, worked yeah, with regularly. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just sort of. Yeah, just. I mean, I stopped Facebook years and years ago, and I'd, yeah. Now and again, I'll post something on Twitter, but it's pretty rare. You know. I yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. No, I understand that. I saw you for years, man. So I get it. I get it as well. Yeah. But sometimes you just go, oh, I'd like to see what Sean's doing there or whatever. That'd be really cool. And then you see somebody posting the fucking dinner. You know, it's like, I don't <laughs> want to see your shit. I want to see that. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. the, the people that you find interesting, you know. Um, but I get it, man. I get it. You know, yeah, you know. But I think, you know, I'll probably post a bit of this year just because it's interesting to be back at work again, you know, and doing yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having something yeah. to post, though. So yeah, I might do a bit more of that. Because I think some of that stuff would really do really well, you know. But I know when you don't really need to do it, you know, I get it as well. If I yeah. was needing... If I wasn't in filmmaking, I probably wouldn't even be on social media. You know what I mean? If I wasn't really, you know. No, it's weird. Um, I've gone from like when I was younger, <clears throat> wanting more attention to not. Yeah, again. yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a flip side, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. I could, I could, you know. Um, but I know if I don't do it, I'll, I'll not get any bloody exposure on film stuff, you know. But um, anyway, man, it's been great to talk to you. I was going to say, what, what links will I? If you want to give a shout out to your links, but I know you don't. <laughs> well, do you know what? I've got, I've got. Two things I'll, I'll, I'll tell people. I've got a new YouTube series at the moment, which is right. me and a friend. Uh, we're just reviewing music software, but it, it's quite funny. So that's right. on my YouTube channel, which is 
I don't even know what it's called. It might just be my name, Sean Jameson. I can't right. remember the name. Do you know what? I'm going, to put, I'm going to put all the links wherever, everywhere I put this video. I'll put all the links. I, I, oh, okay, I know where cool. you. I know you. I know your site and I know your YouTube channel. So I'll put all the links on everything. You know, uh, for people to check it out. Um, right. All right, man. It's been great to chat with you. Yeah, uh, man, it's been a pleasure. Been nice to chat for me. Need to catch up for a Jack Daniels soon. Definitely. You know, definitely. 100%. No, no, another ten years or twelve years. You know. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. We'll be Thank Okay, thanks, Sean. I'm going to post this at tomorrow. Thanks, mate. Awesome, mate. Good to chat. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Catch you later. Right, bye. Bye. Bye.